Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Oxen. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Dr. Karen Midyay, a psychologist, retirement coach, and consultant on aging. Karen specializes in coaching adults, career professionals, and individuals in transition as they think about approaching retirement. She has a doctorate in clinical psychology and 45 45 years of experience in counseling, coaching, and supporting clients. Karen, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Um, I understand you have had some direct experience with retirement, uh, that you, in fact, retired yourself back in your 50s. How did that work out for you? It was actually a wonderful time for me because it was a, uh, a reprieve from what I had been doing for so many years as a psychologist and therapist. And you kind of get burnt out after a period of time. So I retired and took uh, three years to learn something totally new which I still can do in my, you know, in my future years, but uh, I will at this point commit myself back to psychology. I missed my work, uh, but I ended up doing it in a very different way. And of course, even now it's in even more different way because everything is online and I can work with people all across the country, which was not a possibility before when I was just in the office. So uh, it reinvigorated me and I unretired, I guess. Um, I've also heard, uh, or sometimes people semi-retire. I'm only working three days a week. So I've been able to create the life that I want in a reasonable way so that I can continue to provide uh, services for people without getting burned out. That's the key, being able to do the self-care and have the time to do that so that you remain invigorated and excited about what you're going to do. So you're not recommending that people should not retire since uh, you didn't, it didn't work that well for you the first time? Uh, I think it depends on people. people some people um, can uh, kind of get their way into retirement and they have lots of things in their life that they had already planned to do or maybe they've taken on a grandparent role to be able to watch their grandchildren. So for some people, they are perfectly fine being uh, retired, but for many people, they suffer and they are so confused about why they suffer because they feel I've reached the goal and yet why am I feeling so you know, terrible? I'm depressed, I'm anxious. I don't know what to do with my time. I, I don't know how to even introduce myself anymore. You know, I'm not the ex, you know, uh, you know, whatever role they played. And so for them, it is a really a struggle. And so the work that I started to do with older adults, what, and that was the specialty after I retired, really put me in close contact with all the issues people end up feeling when they retire without a plan, without purpose, and without uh, a way of moving forward because they just get stuck and they feel there's something so terribly wrong with them because they are not happy. 
And, um, and there are stages people go through in retirement. So it's not just bliss from the beginning and to the end. Um, it is a process and finding your way is a process too. For many people, it can take three to four years to finally figure out how they wanna spend their time and what they wanna do and what's really important. That certainly resonates with me because uh, I, I was very excited to retire about five years ago. And I had it in mind I was going to be a writer of fiction, which was a childhood ambition that I had put off and put off. And, and I went at it and it wasn't enough. It didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing enough in the world. And the, the lack of feedback was deafening. And over time, I found a coach who, who guided me to what I'm doing now, which is writing short things once a week uh, and podcasting. And that has been much more satisfying. I feel like I've you know come home. I've got what works for me. And it's, it gives me the feedback I need once a week instead of once every four years. And so it's much better. But the transition was hard. I, I wonder from your experience as a coach and a counselor, what is it that makes that transition difficult for so many people? I think it's, it's a transition, well, like you, sometimes you have this idea that one thing is gonna provide the, um, the inspiration and challenge, but it doesn't check all the boxes of needs that you have. And you, if you realize sometimes the kinds of things that you get from the world of work that we take for granted because they're just part of life and you don't think they're that important, you know, part of it is social connection. You've got your colleagues that you're working with. You're not working alone. You have structure yeah. in your day. You do have goals. Oftentimes they're not your own goals, but they're goals that they set out for you. Sometimes they're a, your own personal ones, maybe they're financial ones, or things you want to learn. But you, you have all these things going on in your life from the world of work value. You are, you know, you have status, you're serving a certain role. And then all of a sudden that goes away. And you, a lot of my clients end up feeling like they're in a, they're swimming in a stream without a direction. And, mm. uh, and so they're stuck because they haven't had to recreate their life over and over. And so here they are in their sometimes 50s or 60s or sometimes even 70s. And they're, uh, they're, they're without a path or a roadmap with how to approach things and how to explore the many possibilities that are out there. And so that's, that is part of what happens with people. It's, it's a rude awakening. And if there's one thing they try and it doesn't work, a lot of times they, that's even worse because you had one thing you thought was going to be important and it's not living up to the expectations that you had. You mentioned reinvent. And uh, it sounds like reinvent is something that you did in your own career path. Um, is that something everybody should do in retirement? I think it's whether it's reinvention or just uh, thinking about uh, re repurposing your life to something that's important to you. 
So um, for some people, it is uh, like me going and I mean, I started two new businesses in my 60s. So I did reinvent myself with the kinds of clients that I was seeing that was different. And so uh, I, I did that. And I did that from the feedback that I had both from in myself and also from my clients as I saw what their needs were. So I, and then I have two branches. I have my coaching branch, which has a little bit more educational and coaching parts to it. And then I still have my psychotherapy branch where I work with people who are uh, with diagnosable mental health conditions. So, you know, I had those both areas that I could go to, but reinventing is um, really finding a way to figure out your day-to-day -day life so that when you get up in the morning, you have things to do and a purpose and a schedule because sometimes people don't have a schedule. And if they don't have a schedule uh, you know, or a routine, even if it's for part of the day, they find that the day just flits away and nothing gets done. And that doesn't feel good either. So whether or not it's totally reinventing your life or finding ways of reinventing your days so that they have meaning for you and, and some sense of structure, it doesn't have to be the structure of work. It doesn't have to be that difficult, but some structure I think helps people. That's so disappointing. I mean, I thought I was going to retire and then I would be able to do just what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And now you're telling me, no, you have to put limits on yourself. You have to have a schedule. You have to get up and do this and do that. It seems contradictory to this idea that you know, I'm free of, of those kind of restraints. Well, as a person who has ADD, I definitely, you know, oh, you too. <laughs> I don't, you know, ascribe to, you know, having to have it just rigidly in there. Um, you can still, I love the kinds of uh, schedulers where you can kind of move things from, from one place to another. So you may have things that you want to accomplish that day or even that week. And you can move it around depending on what your energy level is that particular day, or whether or not you have a, uh, a workout that you wanna do. So I, I still think you're in charge of your life. You don't have to be rigid in terms of how you do it, but I do think you have to have certain buckets of things that you wanna accomplish in your day and your week. And it could have to do with your health, it could have to do with, um, you know, exercise and good eating. It could be, um, you know, listening, making sure you listen to a podcast every day because you know that's good for your brain or doing a, uh, a puzzle or working on uh, learning a new language, which some of my clients really love doing or spending so much time a week doing volunteer work or getting a part-time job. Or I do have some people who decided that, you know, I kind of miss the world of work and I do want to go back in, but I don't want to go back in the way that I was doing it before. I would like less time, sometimes not as much responsibility, or some people decide to be consultants and because they have all this knowledge and they would love to be able to mentor people and just find a way that companies might be able to hire them to do pieces of the jobs that they used to do before. 
Karen, how did you come to focus your work on older adults and those facing retirement? Well, that was just a fluke in a way because uh, I had retired and uh, I was living with my partner. He had just moved in with me and he was retired. And we both decided that we probably shouldn't be in this tiny space together when we hadn't lived together before. One of us should go back to work. And I was the one who decided <laughs> I had the easiest way to do that. So I applied for a job for somebody else because I hadn't worked for anybody else before except when I first got out of school. So I got a job working for uh, a nursing home and I had all the experience. I had done a lot of work hmm. with um, older adults when I was training in graduate school and I did a lot of uh, training of nursing home personnel back then and taught some courses on communication for older adults. And so I had, you know, my feet somewhat in the door, but I still had to learn an awful lot because, you know, it wasn't a specialty of mine. And then I had to do all this research to find out about psychotherapy with aging adults. And there wasn't a whole lot out there back in that time. It's definitely gotten way better these days, but still many of the people who do the work are really in I would call them the glass ceilings of academia. Mm. And so they're not in the trenches like I was having to deal with very complicated clients with medical, many medical issues and that were affecting their psychological health. And then learning how to adjust to a community that sometimes was not of their choosing because in nursing homes is not where people would like to go. No. Um, and so I had to learn by the seat of my pants, but, you know, I did my research to, and I, because I was in charge of supervising and training other social workers and uh, family therapists and LPCs. So I had to do my job and due diligence to figure all of those things out. It got me curious. It got me curious about uh, working with older adults. And then I really loved working with my clients, which was such an awakening that I didn't know. So if the lesson I have for people is sometimes try something, because even if you're not sure if it's going to be a fit for you, you can try it out for a couple of months and decide whether or not it's something you want to pursue or not. You're not writing a resume at this point. So you don't have to worry if you let things go and say, you know, this sounded a lot better than I thought it would be. You can really try it out. And for me, I did it for a few years working in the nursing home. I realized the part I loved, which was working with the clients. I realized the part I didn't, which was working for a company that was not a good fit for me. And so I reinvented myself and reopened and rebranded and put my private practice in place. At that point, it was Colorado Senior Counseling. And now it's drkarenmidier.com because I can work nationally. And I do work with people of uh, older people of across the, the country uh, in many states. It's about, I think it's 20, up to 25 states right now that I can, can work with people. And so I get to do the psychotherapy and or coaching. The coaching is more flexible. I can work with them in any state. That's great. That's great. Now, 
one of the things I read a lot of advice about is planning ahead for retirement. Unfortunately, most of that advice seems to be coming from the financial planners and it centers on having enough money to live on. When, when, you, when you experience uh, the idea of planning ahead for retirement, is that what you are dealing with or is it something else? For me, it's something else. I mean, I will educate people a little bit about the things that I can help them with, which might be Medicare because there's a lot of nuances to learning and understanding and confusion about how to manage the healthcare system in that is best for you. No so kidding. that part is certainly important. That's about the closest I get to the financial planning. Okay. Um, and then the other parts that I do have to do more with um, having people envision what their um, ideal day and week would be like and helping them really look at values and things that are important to them. So I, I will look at that and that's uh, important. And then we, you know, I have a whole little uh, plan. It's my draft and I look at values and I look at strengths and I look at their passion list and their, um, their will of life and where they, where they are around um, many different areas, around the area of health and spirituality and, uh, family and caregiving, hobbies, volunteers. We look at career because some people decide they want to reinvent a career and do something else. So all of those things are um, on the list of challenges for people to begin to think about and especially uh, thinking about their life and the kinds of things they loved and the kinds of things they hated and having them recreate a life that they want moving forward. And that recreation really may just be around focusing on the areas that are important to you. They don't have to totally recreate their life unless that's a desire on their part, but they can pick pieces that they wanna make changes with that will resonate with who they are. Um, I tell people, you are not going to be 180 degrees from who you are now. That's not a realistic goal for most people. Um, but you can make big shifts in the areas that are important to you. Um, and, but again, it needs to be important to you. It's not your husband or your wife or your children. <laughs> you really have to, it has to be your goal, not somebody else's goal for you. One of the biggest challenges for me, and I suspect for, for others, has been social connections. Because as you mentioned, when you're in an office environment, you have social connections of some kind or other every day. Uh, I tend to be uh, an introvert by nature. So it, it's not that I feel a great need to be with people. And if left alone, I would probably operate from a cave. But um, fortunately, nobody leaves me that alone. But you have talked about the, the necessity of having social connection uh, in your later years. And I wonder if you could talk about why that's important. Social connections are important for mental health, cognitive health. Uh, and people sometimes take for granted uh, just normal social interaction. I don't even care if it's with a librarian 
or if the, it's the people in the grocery store who give you a smile or kind, who's kind to you, or you doing the same to other people, having somebody's um, energy that you can work with, you know, where you feel like you're, that people understand you and you feel like you're not alone. Um, that's a huge plus for people and in their lives. And when you read the research on aging and neuro, the neuroscience, it is one of the most effective things that people can do to maintain their physical and mental health. That along with uh, working out and getting exercise. And then I'll add the other one, which is my other beautiful um, love, and that is uh, nutrition and uh, healing through nutrition, which is because um, I love cooking and how great it is that we can begin to spend time cooking to actually improve our health and not doing things to go the other direction where we eat just you know things that are not good for our body. I want to come back to something you talked about a little earlier, and that was um, the, the value of having a purpose or creating a new purpose for yourself in retirement. And how do you help retirees go about finding that? Um, I have them explore initially the things that they loved when they were growing up, um, things that give them energy as they even read about it. Um, there are many people who, um, you know, decide that you know, when they're learning something new, that gives them a lot of energy. Other people feel that when they're interacting with their animals, you know, because they, they have pets and their pets are their life or they're, they're like their children. You know, I can talk with them. I love to nurture them. They, they, they enjoy me being with them. They don't talk back. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I can take them on walks. And then I can meet other people when I do that. Um, it's easier to, you know, to do it, uh, to meet other people sometimes when you have a pet that you're walking than when you're just by yourself and people don't make contact. So it's, a, it's another way of connection. So, uh, so people begin to really look at in their day-to-day -day life what gives them energy. And then they think about in the past what kinds of things they might have enjoyed doing or gave them energy and they can explore that. And then it could be the kinds of things that you watch on TV. It could be as easy as that. When I watch these kind of movies about such and such, I just dream about how I'd love to do something like that. I mean, so sometimes even those kinds of things can give you an, ex, uh, an, an idea of something to explore. I did it by getting a job. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know it was going to end up the way it was. Uh, and some people do it by just um, trying out volunteer works or hobbies. And they, you know, they just kind of dabble a bit just to, to explore. Can I do art? I mean, I'm really good with color, but I don't know much about art. Can I take a class and learn? So um, being open to the possibilities of of trying and sometimes failing. I mean, the, the thing about it is you, you don't have to be perfect. You're not trying to put it on your resume. You can do it without, I'm hoping without judgment because I usually the only people who do 
judge or yourself. You judge yourself. You're oftentimes your own worst energy uh, enemy because what happens a lot of people to people, they forget that learning something new, you're not good at the very beginning. You have to, it takes time and it takes practice and it takes perseverance to get better. And sometimes people are a little frustrated that I'm, I should already know, or I should always be better than I am when I'm starting out at something new. And so I do a lot of work to, to help people have patience with themselves to allow things to unfold and to give it time before you give it up. It still may be something you give up and you say, you know, I'm just not getting the joy from this. Um, so it's time to move on to something else. Well, I really love that approach uh, of dabbling because I think one of the great advantages of reaching an advanced age is that it doesn't matter. Nobody's keeping score. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's a, a very freeing thing to be able to, to uh, be a dilettante and, and find what's exciting to you. And it doesn't have to be great art. It doesn't have to be wonderful music. I, uh, I endorse that entirely. <laughs> well, and I do think, I mean, you will see a lot of older people in bands of, you know, people who are in churches and things like that. They're doing it because of the love that they have. And it's, it's for no other purpose than for that. And really when you think about, you know, the, I think the journey is to find exactly those things so that you can have something that you feel you have love for and, uh, and, and just enjoy it. It doesn't have to be for any other purpose than to that it gives you joy and pleasure. Sometimes it pleases other people too. And that's always a plus. Sometimes it makes people money. That's always a plus too, but it's not the reason that you're doing it. Karen Midjay, thank you for your observations and your insights today, all very relevant to our audience of chronologically gifted individuals. And I thank you for your research and clinical experience that have done so much to help all of us who are older make the most of our later years. So thank you for, for being with us. You're welcome. It was fun. And you can find out more about Karen's coaching practice at her website, coachingagingadults.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The Endgame, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The Endgame.